This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Music in My Life. We've had a couple of quiet weeks, but we're back with a bang. And today I'm joined by a friend and I'm going to call you an all-time legend, Amy Fuller. Amy, you're a professional snowboarder. You represented Great Britain at the 2014 and 2018 Winter Olympics. Um, Amy's a yoga teacher. She's an accomplished sports presenter. She presented for BBC on many occasions. And I have to say, have some very entertaining videos that I've watched on social media. And I've, I've loved watching them over lockdown where you've been joined by some amazing professional athletes, fellow Olympians, talking about all sorts of stuff. Um, Amy and I have crossed paths at some pretty cool sporting events as well over the last couple of years and I'd say we're pretty passionate about supporting the growth of women's sport and just rolling up our sleeves and getting involved in charitable events and all sorts of other things and I can honestly say Amy you're someone who has like this kind of energy that just rubs off on you when you're together so welcome to the podcast obviously we're not together in person but I love feeling the energy coming across the airways smiling like that (laughs) couldn't have been a nicer introduction way too kind and (laughs) we definitely need a socially distant catch up in person very very soon in fact do you know what let's jump in with my first question because you have actually created your own coffee bean company so let's talk about that if we're going to get together over a coffee which we both absolutely love tell me a little bit about that and how you know how that's been going over the last few months and you're just such a kind of like entrepreneur in that way so how have you been sort of filling your time during lockdown yeah I mean anything to uh, I think steer away from the normal nine to five um, I, I think seems to have been my aim in life without even realising. Um, essentially, throughout the last few snowboarding winter seasons, um, I've used coffee essentially as a tool to stay away from sugary drinks. And um, it's been something that I've really used as a pick-me-up, um, you know, across various different sports, you know, the marathon. Um, and then when I'm on the road, it's always really, really hard to find good coffee especially in like Austria or France um even Italy I'm just I'm not a fan of their coffee so um I decided to start taking my own coffee with me so I just knew I had what I liked and um I was working with these guys called 47 degrees and over the series of the winter they sent me like five to six different blends in different blank sachets and essentially I created my own blend by blending three different types um, of his blends. And during lockdown, um, I was like, well, you know, the world seems to have ground to a halt. Uh, Coffee, definitely, consumption of mine is um, not going to slow down. It's going to increase, if anything. And all the coffee shops were shut. So I was like, this is a great time to uh, create Fuller Beans. So dived on in and it's to be honest it's just a fun little side hobby project um and I get to drink lots of good coffee so why not yeah absolutely and I do you know what I can't think of anything better than people sending you sachets of coffee to try it sounds yeah. amazing yeah, I love like, I, it, I love the smell easy. of coffee <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doesn't get better than that does it no, um, and, no. and we I was talking as well before we started you know checking out your amazing credentials can you explain like for people who 
probably like myself as well, are a bit kind of of a novice when it comes to snowboarding. You mentioned yeah. slope style and big air. Just take me through, like for people who might not know what those things mean and the kind of stuff that you'd be doing, like some of the incredible tricks and things like that that you'd be doing uh, when you're, you know, when you're training full time for something like, you know, the Winter Olympics. Yeah, sure. So um, I competed in 2014 in my first Olympics in slope style. That was the introduction of the first ever slope style event in the Olympics in Russia. And essentially it's approximately an 800 meter course with a series of obstacles. And you have to make your way down the courses, essentially gracefully elegant. You've got to make it stylish and as technically challenging as possible. Uh, so you've got jumps and rails and it's, it's a real, it's essentially a blank canvas for creativity. So that's how I would describe slope style. And then big air is, as it sounds, you've got one whopper jump. We call it a kicker. It ranges from 18 to 24 meters in distance. And essentially it's a a, a giant launch ramp where you get two goes to do the best possible trick you can do. And in 2018, that was introduced to the game. So I went to Pyeongchang for Big Air and Slopestar. And what, like, I'm sure lots of people probably would want to ask this question as well, is I want to ask you, what does it feel like when you're doing one of those enormous <laughs> jumps? Like, is there a moment where, you know, your sort of mind is completely free in the middle of that jump or are you just constantly focused on what you're doing? So I'd say there's, there's, there's a real extremity. So there's, when everything goes right, it's like clockwork. It's like tick, tock, tick, boom. I can see the landing. This feels amazing. You've got all this time in the air. You're like, this is great. I'm loving life. See the landing, <laughs> bring it round, stomp right away. Best feeling ever. And then there's the other side to things where you're riding into the jump and you go tick, top, tack. And if you hit the tack and you get the takeoff <laughs> slightly wrong, you're literally like catapulted into the air. And that time that you have in the air is extremely fast and it's about it's like how you can react to to gain control of the movement so um when it goes good it's the best feeling in the world and then when it goes wrong you're sort of you know launched into this um yeah like crazy like ah calm down calm down calm down and it's like a recovery sort of mode but yeah let's focus more on the positive side so when it goes right <laughs> 95 percent of the time it is the best feeling in the world uh it, honestly I, it sounds absolutely incredible and i i can imagine there's yeah that moment leading up to it like anything in life you know with that adrenaline and focus and and kind of the nerves you know the nervous energy going around your body but actually that moment when something does go right and i suppose as well like any professional athlete you practice and practice and practice for these things so a, a clockwork is such a great way of describing it um and i wonder as well you know obviously this podcast is about music and and how music's played a role in your life um do you listen to music in in the lead up to those kind of big events or are you someone who kind of sits quietly with with no sound um definitely I am one of those that I use music to I would say prepare and get my head in the zone but once I'm sort of in I'm so in in my own thoughts that I sort of zone out from everything else but I really use music as a tool to get me to that space so for example um en route to the mountain um you know on the day of the Olympic qualifying for me I had quite a struggle in the 2013 season leading up to the Olympics in 2014 with injuries and stuff and there was this one song that every time I put it on it sort of made it seem like it was possible. It was, there were two particular occasions and one was December uh, before the game. So that was December 2013. And I needed to get top 12 out of 70 odd riders. And then in Canada, two weeks after that, I needed top six or better out wow. of 30 riders to qualify for the Olympics. 
And I remember going on the bus to the mountain in Quebec, Canada, and it was like a sort of 30-minute drive. And it was like there was no other option to sort of not succeed. I knew what I wanted to do. And this one song, Run Boy Run, I I would put it in my headset and it was literally like the adrenaline of the song almost threw me into this positive headspace of like, there's no question as to whether, if or how I can do this. It's like this song made me feel like I can do this and and I will do this. It, it was insane. And even now when I hear it, I've heard it randomly on a few commercials recently. It gives me like these shivers and it takes me back to that moment of wanting something so much. And it w- really was a tool that I used to put me in this headspace. And I, I don't know how I found this song, but it was like the song that, that turned everything on for me. And um, yeah, I look back now and I'm just so like thankful to that song. And I, I wouldn't say I'm like massively into music. I don't go searching for loads of different songs, but I came across this song and the power behind it just, just made everything possible. So yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful to uh, Run Boy Run. It's intense. I think that's the thing. I think, you know, I do think sometimes music finds you and um, obviously so on this podcast as well, I, you know, you've had sort of certain questions that will make you think about certain songs and we've got four songs we're talking about. And this is, yeah, your first song that, like you say, it's kind of something that got your head in the game. It's a motivational piece of music. And actually it's as a piece of music as well, it's been used for a lot of um, commercial stuff, like you say, but that is because it has this driving rhythm behind it. So it's like yeah. this sort of energy that builds and builds and builds. And actually the uh, the video for this as well, which is created by the guy who's Johan Lemoyne's stage name, like for Wood Kids. So he's kind yeah. of created everything. So it's why it's so cinematic. It's got, you know, strings, it's got percussion, it's got uh, electronic kind of synthesizers and stuff in there. So it, I, honestly, I totally get it. I'm with you. This is absolutely one of my favorite songs as well. And I can completely understand why this was something that kind of gave you that extra motivation. And It was almost like it, it was like a a battery or a plug every time I tuned into it I entered this like sphere of headspace that was just like you can do this and um I just remember feeling like so strong and so present in those moments leading up to that performance through having this song running through my mind the the power of it made me feel like I was invincible and that that day, what I needed to achieve on that particular day was possible. Yeah. I, oh, I, honestly, I get goosebumps like we're hearing you talk about it as well. And, you know, the, some of the lyrics as well are, I think people can take from that, you know, some of the lyrics, tomorrow is another day and you won't have to hide away. You'll be a man boy. But for now, it's time to run. It's time to run. Like the lyrics oh, as well. Are, yeah, yeah they're, they're so good. But I think let's have a little listen to a bit of uh, Run Boy Run by Woodkid. Hey, hey. You don't have to hide away, yeah You'll be a man <laughs> so good honestly every, every time it, it it just yeah it just signifies such a powerful point in my career does it take you back to that is there one particular moment like for you in your mind is there an image that that song conjures up for you yeah it's literally um it's being on the be- the bus in Quebec in Canada in you know it's like minus 40 it was a howling gale it was probably the worst conditions you could ever imagine. And you've got two runs, essentially, which define the path of the rest of your career. And I fell on the first run. And, and it was literally like, if you don't land the next run, you're not going to the Olympics. Wow. And I can just remember never wanting anything more in my life 
then to land and just this song was just a huge part of that and it made me feel yeah powerful it because it worked yeah and I think that's you know that's what music does it was um the the video actually was nominated for a Grammy award and that song was released in 2013 which isn't that long ago actually um but I feel like it's been this song that you know like you say has been consistently used in so many events or commercial things because it does have that ability to just motivate the listener um it's from actually it's also from wood kids only album called the golden age that yeah that was it that's the only kind of album that you know this guy um johan lemoir who that's his actual name uh his stage name's wood kid but that's you know the only kind of self-penned album that is out there as well and there's some other great great tracks on that album but that is absolutely one of my favorites um such a great song as well to to start us off with um so let's talk a little bit about this song I love you always forever which is by Donna Lewis tell me a little bit about this and and you know the relationship you have with this song yeah I just every time I hear that song it just puts a smile on my face and it reminds me of being a child really really good memories like fun summers in the garden and sort of just not having like a care in the world and I vividly remember driving um must have been like home from school or something um sort of from Biggin Hill where we used to live close to there in Kent um back from school and um just sort of like windows down in this little old mini that my mum had you know the gears like crunking away but us (laughs) just like jamming and singing to this song and it's um yeah, even now I like sometimes put it on when I'm doing a bit of hoovering and just sing at the top of my lungs. It's uh, it's a real feel good for me. And I know obviously, you know, we we haven't known each other for, for many years, but I even got from um, when we were both doing the London Marathon last year, like I even got that sort of relationship with your mum. It's pretty strong, right? Yeah, I think it's, it's really strong. Um, I suppose when I was younger, I mean, I've always been into sport and extreme sport and I was very lucky in the sense that um, my parents always supported me in my endeavours but they never pushed me and I've got some fantastic memories growing up with my mum like her coming to gymnastics with me and you know doing forward rolls and cartwheels with me in the garden and um, I remember getting my first rollerblades and having like poly pocket skates like these pink skates and going to like rollerblading classes with her at the local leisure centre in Orpington um so I think my mum sort of always been there and encouraged me without pushing me um and she's done that in sort of joining me maybe in those activities so um yeah last year as as you mentioned it was meant to be my first ever marathon and I entered it on the premises that I would do my first ever marathon with my mum and it was something that we'd always spoken about doing together because uh, we we quite enjoy running together and I see running as quite a nice way of you know sort of being socially active you know you don't have to go on a run and like absolutely slaughter yourself you can go on a run for like an hour and just cruise and chat and it's a fantastic way to ch- catch up and that's something that I enjoy doing with my mom and then when we signed up to the marathon it was just like well yeah, you know, we've always wanted to do this. I've, you know, just competed in the Olympics. If ever there's a time to do a marathon, it's, it's post Olympics when, you know, it doesn't matter so much if I break my body and, um, you know, we we both endured it together. And, um, that was really, really special. I remember like, well, first of all, I remember meeting you at this sort of nutrition talk beforehand with, mindful chef and my mom came along to that just to watch and uh, she was really interested in the the nutrition element and then when we actually did the the marathon together I just remember sort of coming around that last corner um at Buckingham Palace and like grabbing her little hand and I called it we call them like paws I like grabbed her little paw and uh when I was younger we always we've got this like special handshake and it's like duh, duh, duh which is like, uh, or it's duh, 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 and it's I love you very much. And it's like, if you imagine like squeezing your hand, 
So like I did that and then I just remember sort of saying to her and looking at her, just like, I'm so proud of you. I can't believe you've done it. Um, and I just remember someone else in who was running by was just like, oh my God, that's so sweet. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> and then we like managed to cross the line, stumbled across the line. And I was like, come on, you got this. And then we got to the end and we were like, never again. Never again. <laughs> well, I we totally look, we look get that. It now, and we're just like, oh, it was amazing. And it was so cool to do it together. Listen, I completely understand that. I was welling up a little bit there. And I'm glad that you said when you finished the line and the adrenaline kind of dissipates that you're like, nah, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I have honestly... Like, oh. it- that every time some, yeah, I completely, every time someone asks me to do another marathon, I'm like, yeah, yeah, great. Cause I've forgotten about, you know, the training and the, the pain yeah. of the knees and your feet and the psychological kind of, um, it is just a mountain to climb a marathon. It's just, it's exhausting mentally. It's so draining physically, but the mental side of it is just, it's all about that. And I, you know, I have to say as well, when I was, um, I got lost at the start, which I'm sure so many people do as well. I remember remember you texting me and we were like, where are you? (laughs) So basically for people who don't know, I was obviously we'd met prior to the marathon. I was really excited that I had like a friend because I didn't know anyone else running it. And this was my fourth London marathon. And I basically ended up at a start that I just I don't even know I just went to the wrong place and then I managed to find my way to the right start line at the time that I thought and I was freezing cold because I made that mistake of like taking off all the layers before the start but too long before oh, no. so I just was really because it was cold that day at the start and then this lady next to me took pity on me and gave me her her like grandpa's jumper or something she was like don't worry I've got loads of layers and you can just throw it away halfway around the race and I was like that is what the London Marathon's about so I I'm sure for lots of people who have, you know, attempted the marathon or experienced that or supported someone who's run it to know you've done it with your mum. It's, it's so inspiring. It really is. And I think there's so many, you know, I have a really strong relationship with my mum and I think there's just something about it that people will, I think, really love hearing that story and, and know that, you know, your mum and you have obviously an amazing relationship, but to do something like that, you know, to have that memory together must be really special. Yeah, it's really cool. And especially just, after almost, you know, I think think part of the reasons as well that our bond is so strong is through all of the traveling um, I've done for my sport, which is essentially non-negotiable. There is no snow really in the UK. And um, I have spent a lot of time away competing on my own for myself. You know, it's a, you know, it's a self-driven solo sport, albeit I'm a part of a team when you're actually on the events field, it's it's all about you. So then to come together and do the marathon, again, another mass participation event, like the Olympics, it's a mass participation event, but the sole pressure not being on me, it wasn't about me, it was about us. And it was really nice to share that experience with yeah. someone who could um, sort of almost understand what I was going through you know, at, at the Olympics, like my mom said, she, you know, the night before the marathon, she, she felt all those things and those nerves that she'd never felt before. And, you know, that made her curious as to, oh, I wonder if this is how or what it feels like to be, you know, in the Olympics. So, um, you know, there were certain elements of that as well, which were really nice about doing another event in another sport where the, the outcome, um, didn't matter. It was, it was purely for, enjoyment and and like personal growth and experience so yeah I think that's a the really special thing about the marathon it puts you in this place where uh, you get to experience essentially an event that's on the world stage definitely definitely it's such a good way of putting it as well and I think um yeah let's have let's have a little listen actually to a snippet of this song so this is I love you always forever by Donna Lewis Stop, never, whatever, near and far. 
I'd never um, heard of this song actually before you suggested it for today. So it was really nice to have a listen to it and do a little bit of kind of research, um, which I like to do on on the chosen songs of my guest. And that song was inspired by a book called Love for Lydia. It's written by H.E. Bates. And actually the only other song that I could find, which Donna Lewis has recorded, was actually from Disney's Anastasia, <laughs> which I haven't seen. Right. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm a lover of Disney anyway. So I was straight onto YouTube listening to that called At the Beginning, which is uh, it's kind of like like the lead track for the soundtrack of the movie, but um, slightly different to the song that you chose and which I feel is is much better and really actually quite a lovely piece of music to listen to. You um, know what? I thought it was like a really well-known song. Is it not? It, it, well, maybe, but not to me. And that's the great thing about this is that, you know, there's songs that people will go, oh, I absolutely love this song or songs that people, will, you know, never have heard of before. And that's that's what's so great is that, you know, those songs bring up such strong emotional connections for you. And then I feel like I now kind of know a little bit about that and a bit more about you. And it's it's so lovely to hear that story and those memories that you have, you know, with your mum from when you were younger. And I actually, you mentioned as well, obviously, the fact that with your profession, you know, as a snowboarder, you've traveled a lot and, and it's often been something that you feel is it's obviously for yourself and you're traveling alone. And I did want to talk a little bit about, you know, the incredible experience you had of uh, running the marathon in, in North Korea, because I think, you know, you were talking about that about the sort of unifying power of sport, but also about the sort of individual as well, conquering, you know, and, and reaching for their sort of dreams, if you like. And and obviously the power of sport over there is something that goes beyond politics. And I know you kind of had such an incredible experience. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? And for people who might not know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can safely say um, that's up there with um, one of the, the best things I've ever been a part of and I I almost sometimes forget about running in North Korea because it was such a surreal experience and it all came about in the 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 craziest way um essentially someone saw me training for the London Marathon on my Instagram and I put up a story along the lines of got covered in mud, completely lost in Richmond Park, marathon training going well. And someone dropped me a note and said, hey, um, you don't fancy running another marathon. I see you're running London. And uh, obviously I was like, uh, a no, you know, like one's enough. <laughs> and he was like, it's in North Korea for a documentary. So um, I was like, call me, tell me more. And uh, it was literally like six weeks later I found myself on a flight to Beijing, I left all of my valuables in a safe in China and then hopped on a two-star ex-Russian Koiro Air flight into North Korea and had no contact with the outside world other than the crew um, who I was with, who essentially became like my family over that eight-day period. And I don't think I've ever been in such an intense, immersive experience with other individuals that I had never met before because we were in such a unknown environment that every single day, every hour, something completely new and unexpected would happen. And we were all going through that journey together and we had no way of sharing it with the outside world other than to capture it for this amazing documentary, which through the journey of me completing the Pyongyang marathon at the end of it, it really showcases you uh, sport in North Korea and how sport is such a powerful language in connecting even the most isolated places in the world. Yeah, absolutely. It's so honestly, so, so interesting. And I suppose as well with, uh, kind of putting your you know your uh personal belongings in a bag zipping it up and, and leaving them behind did that mean that you you also didn't have music with you there I'll as well so what, actually right so it was a nightmare so someone had said like yeah you can bring a burner phone so I took with me um a google phone which has an amazing camera on it but it had like no SIM card or anything and it had nothing on it. I got it completely wiped because we were warned that you didn't want to have anything of any description or material that could be used against you should you 
do something wrong in North Korea. So say there was some like American propaganda or something like that that flashed up on your phone with Trump or something, you know, who, who knows what. But essentially, let's say. yeah, come with a clean slate. So I just went with a blank phone. And as I was leaving Beijing to get on this flight, I was like, I've got no music. I've got no laptop. It's literally just going to be silence for eight days. And I managed to somehow download, like, in the airport in Beijing, like, an Annie Mac podcast Radio 1 playlist. And no joke, literally during the marathon, I had one ear plugged in. And then luckily, I was kind of like my usual self. And I just bowled up to someone and was like, hey, man, uh, are you English? He's <laughs> like... Uh, no, I'm Irish. I was like, oh, cool. My family live in Northern Ireland and got chatting to him and he was called Kieran. So I stayed with Kieran for the whole marathon. He'd run like 15 marathons before. And, um, you know, he, he really, really got me through that along with Annie Mack. So the first 10 miles I was speaking to Kieran and then we were speaking so much because the, the, it was just so surreal. But it got to a point at like mile 19. I was like, hey, man, I, can't, I was like, I can't speak anymore. I'm <laughs> too tired. I was just going to, I'm going to speak to Annie. <laughs> so I just had this Annie Mac podcast that was like four minutes long, just on repeat. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, we're here to tell you about the Loose Lips podcast. Me being Georgie Porter. And me, Samira Mighty. We are all about honesty and not holding back, especially when it comes to what's in the news. Plus, we answer your questions and give advice wherever it's asked for. Even when it's not asked for. You can expect to hear a little bit of this. That's so... Do you know what I mean? Not really, mate. A little bit of this. Listener letter. I'm a vegan and I'm currently dating a non-vegan. Get over it, yeah. And of course... A bit of this as well. Where do you both sit on plastic surgery? <laughs> on my fake implant butt, bitches. <laughs> I don't. It's real. That's the Loose Lips podcast out every Monday and not forgetting the bonus extra lippy on Thursdays. Find it wherever you found this podcast. We'll see you there. I know we've obviously talked about marathons quite a lot, but I also remember the first time I ran a marathon was in Venice and it was, again, kind of a weird, quite isolated experience because I didn't know anyone. And I remember following someone who had a really, really big afro hair and I just remember following this bobbing haircut along in the marathon being like I'm not gonna let that person get out of my sight <laughs> that is trying my to with them. <laughs> oh amazing yeah you've you've got it I think you know with a marathon it's it's anyone anything that will get you through it and just hold on to that for the duration because it's a long ride <laughs> Exactly. And was so let's talk a little bit about this this next song choice of yours. This is a Calvin Harris track. Obviously, Calvin Harris has some 
absolute bangers you know the dance electronic genre it just so many big hits but why this particular song of his I again this one comes down to traveling um spending a lot of time away um you know throughout the height of my career whether you know there were for example the Olympic qualifying you're going you know six countries in six weeks um you know three different continents and you know different flight each week and not having um you know the freedom or time in 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 my schedule to see my family or friends or if I did have like a day to stop in London I would and um that song I just remember like it sort of it was one of those that it was uh, empowering, but also looking back on it makes me feel a little bit sad, you know, because of times where, you know, I did miss, you know, my family, my loved ones and my close friends whilst I was on tour. But then I was also very lucky to have some amazing friends on tour. But it was something that it was a song that just had a nice vibe, you know, a good beat. And it, it made me feel good and it made me feel closer. And I would think about you know, the people that I missed whilst on the road, whilst listening to this song. Nice. Let's have a little listen to it now. This is Calvin Harris's Feel So Close. I feel so close to you right now. I'm doing a pretty terrible dance right now. I don't know about <laughs> <you>. <laughs> uh, Forgot we were doing a podcast then. I was just Yeah, you know. I sort of did. I was just like jamming. <laughs> oh dear. But it is, I think also like you say, you know, it's it those kind of songs as well, they have a good beat, they have, you know, simple lyrics that it says it, you know, does exactly what it says on the tin kind of thing as a song and, and actually it's just what you need. It's that feel good kind of thing. Um and you talked about obviously the fact that this song makes you remember sort of the good times of being away, but also how, you know, you're you're missing your loved ones back home um in Northern Ireland. But that isn't the only place that you've lived obviously growing up, isn't it? It's you, you were in the US, is that right? When you were much yeah, younger. I Tell me about that. I was in the US from 03 to 07 and um, yeah, some of my strongest sort of, you know, later childhood memories that was age 12 to 16 and um, sort of leaving friends in England. And, you know, when you're 12 years old, you sort of, you're, you're at that quite vulnerable age in the sense that your friends are your life. They are your everything. So again, sort of leaving behind some very close friends and, essentially sort of starting a new life, which was, was very exciting, yet set its its challenges, you know, um, sort of at, at the start initially getting used to that new life. And, you know, I think if you're 12 and you're like, yeah, we're moving to America, you build up this idyllic vision of what it will be like. And I remember it not quite being like that. And um, so the first couple of months were, were really quite hard. Um, and then I would say the the three months, uh, three years and four months that we spent there after those two months were the years of my life that that shaped me. Um, and yeah, just had the most amazing time living. Um, you know w- what you would like to say as a kid, like the the American dream, like lots of sport. I played basketball at school, lacrosse. Um, I learned to snowboard there. Uh, I went with friends from school and also did a bit of water sports. And it was, yeah, it was a dream. There were sports that I could never have done growing up in the UK. And um, yeah, again, some very, very, very fond memories. Driving in the car to school. I went to school in Washington, D.C. So it was like, you know, a good hour's drive from oh, wow, really? Virginia. And um, just having the tunes pumping, driving with my mum to school into DC and um, yeah, uh, very early memories of sort of the iPod and having my first iPod, you know, the big white one. Oh, it's, yeah, it's so worrying, isn't it? How we, we say it now, like it's absolutely ancient and it was just, yeah, 
people now would be so shocked to hear us talk about an iPod with a dial that actually moved round rather than being touchscreen. Yeah, and I remember that one with the dial that went round was actually really advanced because there was one before that with four buttons. And then yeah. I, I think I got the 40 gig, would it be 40 gig? Oh, with yeah, nice, the big one. The, yeah, and it was like, oh, it was like, yeah, very, very exciting, very exciting times having an iPod. I'd be honest, I had no idea how to put music on it. I don't think any of us did. I think it was just cool to have one, wasn't it? I mean, I think also, you know, you mentioned that that's where you sort of learnt to to snowboard. And did I, my one of the questions that came into my head when you when you mentioned that is, did you have idols in the sport growing up, or were were there idols in the sport like the female kind of people doing that? in the world of winter sports? Yeah, definitely. So when I started snowboarding, so my my first real, you know, like vivid memory was going with two friends from school. They were like, hey, we're going to Whitetail at the weekend in Pennsylvania. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I uh, kind of hung up the skis because I, I was a bit of a skier before. I did dry slope skiing and the odd the old family holiday went to Austria a couple times. But other than that, I was a regular at Bromley Dry Ski Slope every Saturday morning. Um, so I was a skier and I'd always liked the concept and the thought of snowboarding. But at the time in England, it wasn't really the done thing to snowboard because they didn't really have boards small enough. Um, whereas in the States, they were just like, yeah, crack on. So had a little go, really, really liked it. And then over the course of of the sort of the first three winters um, when I was at school. And they were relatively short winters in DC, sort of, you know, like mid-December to, you know, start of March, kind of the mountains would shut. Um, But I remember going to every other weekend or every sort of two, three weeks um, with with friends. And then I just got really, really into it. And uh, the X Games is something that's very, very big in the States. And, that was on the telly once a year in January and often they'd play repeats. So uh, there were two in particular that stuck out to me uh, that I admired and really looked up to. And that is Gretchen Blyler, who's an American halfpipe snowboarder. And she did these huge cripplers, which are like giant backflips in the halfpipe. And then Tora Bright, which um, funnily enough, it's mad to think who's actually a, a really good friend and peer of mine now um and yeah it's just bizarre how you can go from being that person on the outside watching something and loving it to then you know five years later um actually being a part of of that um you know it's very surreal and um I was actually having a discussion the other day because I'm working on a little project um and one of the discussions was about idols and people that you look up to and I was like yeah it's really bizarre I'm actually so I'm, I'm staying at my friend's house now who you know when I first met her you know she was like one of my idols and and the other one's ringing me as I'm I was on the phone to this other person I was just like it's so bizarre the route that um life can take you on and how you know given um given the desire and the drive to, to to make something happen you kind of can can uh, maybe manifest that you know it, it's 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 bizarre so yeah definitely there were people I looked up to in the sport who um essentially had created a platform and proved that it was possible to become a professional snowboarder and I never ever for one moment imagined that life could take me on that path because I just envisage myself coming back to the UK, going to school and thinking, you know, I'm going to go and work in Centra, which is like a co-op in England. And um, I'll I'll go and work there so I can go out to Austria a couple of times a year. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I would have done that. And then I found myself having got noticed in the States, being invited on a trip to, uh, you know, hang out with the Roxy Junior team so it was yeah all very 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 bizarre (laughs) how it happened. Yeah but I love that as well and I think it's really nice to hear stories like yours for people who perhaps have you know 
an idea in their mind or like you say something that they want to manifest in their life and and knowing that actually taking those opportunities you know some that present themselves some that just happen and you're not part of that process or that choice but knowing that there is that possibility and I actually think it's really lovely to hear stories like that and to know that you know those idols that you have are now your peers and and there's those opportunities that are out there for people and it's great actually and I think you know it's wonderful so that you continually talk about that because for people who might not know much about the winter olympics more so than the summer olympics you know and things like that I think it's it's really important to know that those platforms and opportunities are out there definitely absolutely I I think think it's it's really cool I think one thing about snowboarding as well which um is really special about the sport and it's probably similar for you in music is that you start snowboarding as a sport purely recreationally because you love it. It's not one of those things you're like, yeah, I want to be a pro snowboarder. Um, So, you know, like deeply set within the roots of the sport and the culture, you're in it for the love of it, which I think is, um, is really refreshing. And I think my sort of takeaway point from that is that if you love something so much, um, and and the time is now. It's not in the future. It is to just invest your energy in what you love because you can always come back to the things that will always be there. And that's something I did. And that's um, you know I, I will always encourage my children if I have children or friends to do the same. And 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 some things are for now and other things can be put on hold and, and, um, you know, so that was the route I went down. So follow your dreams, kids. (laughs) Yeah, but I agree. And I think we're at a time now, you know, we've talked a little bit about lockdown and I think we're at a time now where those things, those passions for people actually have probably showed themselves again, potentially. And it's nice to feel like, you know, there is time perhaps for those passions as well to be become a bigger part of people's lives. Um, and it's lovely to hear those nice positive stories as well. Um, let's, let's go back to that, you know, the iPod, the, the all time dreamy iPod in 2000, 2003 and let's have a listen to the song you know that, that's always been with you on this iPod this is uh, Outcast Hey Ya Y'all don't want to hear me you just want to dance Ladies, yeah. <laughs> Such a good song. Such good memories. Um, so now has come the time where I make a suggestion to you and actually should have mentioned this at the start so for all of my guests on the podcast I kind of take into consideration all of the different music that we've talked about but actually with you Amy I think it's become more about your personality and every single song you've chosen today has been a completely different genre of music so I've kind of based my choice on your enthusiasm your zest for life um, and all of the kind of things that we've talked about in terms of the passion that you have and your love for snowboarding all those kind of things and also I feel like you're someone who you know music becomes quite an important tool for visualization in what you do so um this is honestly one of my absolute all-time favorite songs um I've seen this uh duo live they're called Odessa it's an electronic music duo from America um they formed in 2012 and I've just always been obsessed with their music and it's the kind of thing that I feel like you might put your headphones in when you're doing you know your next training session and it just really pumps you up um so it's it's a remix of a song so it's a VIP remix featuring Zyra and it's called It's Only so let's have a little listen to it now and then you can tell me what you think about it afterwards here we go It's only love. 
we go. What do you think? <laughs> I might I might take that one uh, and, and put it on the boat for some wake surfing this week. Oh, nice. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, tell a little, tell, tell us a little bit about that as well. It's something that, you know, you put obviously quite a lot of stuff on your social media and I'm sure people would love to know a little bit more about that. Tell me what wake surfing is. Yeah. So, um, wake surfing, I tried it last year for the first time. I'd never done it before. And, um, you know, obviously living in London and not having, you know, as much, outdoor access as um I would living in Northern Ireland it's um yeah it's become a bit of a a positive addiction shall we say and it's um yeah it's a real sort of like fix for me because it's um it's one of those things that it's quite easy for me to pick up because uh it's standing on a board like snowboarding and you kind of ride it in the same way but with a lot less consequence and um you know there's a crew of you you get a bunch of people go down hire out the boat and it's just a really fun thing to do that's quite accessible and you can kind of enjoy it at at all different types of levels so um yeah I've really really been enjoying doing that with the warmer weather Nice. That's definitely a, a recommendation from Amy to go and try wake surfing. Sounds like fun. But um, thank you so, so much for, you know, lending your time today and to chat about music and, and the importance of music in your life. It's been so great to hear so many wonderful stories and I really appreciate it. Um, and I'm okay. sure everyone listening will, will do too. So thank you. It's yeah, really good. <laughs> come and meet my daughter soon as well today yeah. I'm sure she'll uh, yeah <laughs> thank you so much Amy. <laughs> yeah put her on the boat she'll be wake serving in no time <laughs> thanks so much Amy you legend Bye. cheers thanks to you too for listening and don't forget to hit subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss an episode we have some amazing guests lined up so you'll definitely want to come back next week If you've enjoyed the podcast, why not tell a friend and drop us a review? Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.